0: We're alive. Back in town. Yeah. In town. <laughs> uh, fully, fully, fully functional. We're we're ready to go. Attitude is is uh, back to fully positive. We're yeah, exactly. we're yeah. We're gonna. This is gonna be great. We're gonna talk Star Trek. Um, I love I love that new uh, that new energy. Um, well, you know the thing is uh, we we got it out of our system, right? It, it felt like. A spirit left us, and is gone now. We don't have to talk about New Trek anymore.
1: That's, we can move on. Can you say that again? I, I, I love we to hear that. We
0: never have to talk about New Trek anymore.
1: Ever that's, again. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I um, I I find it to me at least. I find it kind of fascinating that we we keep getting sort of sucked back into it but by no fault except our own um we don't have to do this to ourselves but we we kept doing it
1: yeah i i, I feel like it's never really been like you know it, it doesn't you don't choose this life it chooses you and i feel like it they have all the varieties not just the good star trek but also the bad
0: Ugh, that's so true what a great what a great point um so since our star Trek episode. Uh we we did have some fan questions, which we'll get to. But today we're doing something uh a little fun, a little bit different, and it is more related to classic Trek. So we're all gonna just have a great time. We're all gonna have an amazing time with it. Um, Tyler, do you want to kind of introduce this was really your idea after after we recorded that Star Trek Picard episode uh that lots of people listened to. Um, and we decided we just, we needed a, some sort of a palate cleanser. You came up with this idea. So you want to kind of describe today what we're doing?
1: I would love to. So it was literally the, I think I mentioned it in the episode, the day before we recorded that episode, I had gone to see Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which is my favorite Star Trek movie for the first time in theaters. Doesn't matter that it's been out since the 1990s. I hadn't seen it in a big screen is up until that point. Um, and it was great. It was a fantastic experience. I went with my friend Dan uh, to a small, like, screening room esque theater in Hamilton that was playing through all the Star Trek movies, and we caught the last one. Um, and it was amazing. And it made me think about all the other great Star Trek moments that are in movies that I haven't personally managed to see on a big screen. And so I kind of thought that we should just discuss, kind of like, Big screen Star Trek are what we wish we had seen, what we have seen, um, and kind of just like marinate in that joy for a bit, uh, especially considering what the small screen has been doing to Star Trek of late.
0: Which I think aside from the episode where we ranked Star Trek movies, I don't think we've really gone back to the movies that much. I mean, we did do our our obviously our nemesis versus uh, insurrection episode. The but,
1: great battle of our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: The, that epic showdown. Um, but I don't think we've um, we've really dived deep into the movies too much. So, so th- what's going to be cool about today is we're going to talk about moments. Like big movie moments that we wish we saw on the big screen for whatever reason. Maybe we'll talk about some of our experiences of seeing Star Trek on the big screen. Um, I was mentioning to you, Tyler, before we started that... I can now remember seeing way more than I thought. um As I, I was, I started to think about. It, I'm like, okay, how many, how how many Star Trek movies have I seen on the big screen? And I think it must have been, I don't know, hundred percent remember, but they did start doing classic movies at a couple theaters in Kingston. And I definitely have seen Wrath of Khan, and Search for Spock, and Voyage Home. Like I can. I can remember sitting in a movie theater for that so those movies at least I've seen and I now have a memory I don't know from what I don't know how young I was of watching the wormhole sequence for motion picture in a movie Ooh. theater.
1: oh I hadn't even considered that one. Oh, that's a good
0: one yeah and that's that's one where I originally I wrote it down I was like oh well this is something I've never seen but then I'm like wait a minute <laughs> I, I can see myself sitting in a movie theater. So I must have somehow been able to see it um, on the big screen in some classic, classic movie stuff. So it's, it, it'll be fun. We'll get into all stories like that. We'll talk about those things from classic Trek, the, the Star Trek that makes us really happy. Um, so we're going to do that. Uh, before, that. before we get there, um, I want to bring up something that we've been talking about on the show uh, every day for the past couple of weeks. That the Screening Room in Kingston, our independent movie theater, is in desperate need of a projector. So they're doing their 2023 projector donation drive right now. This thing costs $60,000. This is a small business. They just don't have $60,000 laying around. Who who does? Um, Yeah, (laughs) me neither. Uh, So they're asking for your support, uh, for our community's support. So head to ScreeningRoomKingston.com. Go there, check out the donation drive. There's, I think, four categories of donations you can give that have different perks. You can get like a free bag of popcorn, which is the best popcorn uh, ever. Uh, You can get two tickets to a donors only surprise screening event. Uh, You can get movies for two passes. And they're also doing a 24 hour trash cinema telethon (laughs) from June 17th, 18th. Bad B movies for 24 hours straight. So stay tuned for more on that, but ScreeningRoomKingston.com, go check it out, make a donation if you can, uh, they could really use your support, because Tyler, we've got to keep these independent movie theaters running.
1: Yeah, with, with the closing of Classic Video, which is a, it's it's one of those situations where like, I'm not, I don't live in Kingston anymore, but four different people I know messaged me to say, are you doing okay, when they found out that Classic Video was closing, and I was kind of like, <laughs> no. No, I'm not doing okay. So if the Screening Room goes to, I'm going to lose it. So we need to get them that projector.
0: Yeah, we need to do that. So ScreeningRoomKingston.com, check it out. A couple weeks ago now, Taylor and I did a breakdown um, of all the different rates. We talk about it. Um, We really talk about popcorn. Honestly, we just talk about popcorn for 25 minutes. Um, (laughs) But if you missed that episode, definitely go to Screening Room's website. Check all that out. There will be more to come. We will spotlight this on our podcast over the next month. They're doing this funding drive till the end of June, so lots of time to make a donation. Please give if you can. Um, Tyler, we've <laughs> got some fan thoughts, Ooh. reactions. I I always call them fan questions, but they're not always questions. Um, we just have some feelings from on a scale
1: parents. from from zero to ten. Zero being like very very like complacent and happy, and ten being like ravenous like 28 days later zombie level how unhappy are they with our responses
0: um like middle ground i'd say i'd say overall it's about like a five like no one's no one's yelling at us very Um, in
1: keeping with the ambivalent (laughs) uh, feelings we were having
0: (laughs) yes yes exactly yeah even even the even in a disagreement it's so level that because that's all the circuit can do. No, no one's yelling at us. Some people just want to express their opinions about a couple things. There's a few saucy moments, but you know, nothing, nothing I think meant in anything but wanting to have the conversation um, specifically, like we'll start with this one because this is specific to, to comparing the season to the others. Right, Mm -hmm. so there's questions kind of around different things. Um, So this one comes from Owen. Owen's written in uh, the show a couple times before. So Owen says, um, one of the things I was surprised about when listening to your review of the third season of Picard is how you didn't seem to be embracing the fact that the show really did change. It finally listened to fans and it made a big adjustment into its season three. You both seem to be talking about that as if that was some sort of negative thing that they're not allowed to just forget their history he put that in quotes um but it is clear that the show uh showed some growth and that they knew what was wrong with it in order to try to fix some of those issues going into a much better third season than the two we had before um i'm also someone who just couldn't finish the second season but i still was able to go back and really enjoy the third season um yeah i mean sure sure that's like
1: yeah 100 yes i I think if, like, I honestly believe that if the third season had been the first season of Picard, like, if this is what they had just created right out of the gate, I would be a lot more positive on it than I currently am, just because I was kind of brow-beaten by two seasons worth of just this nonsense, so that when they were like, finally we're doing things right, um, it was a little bit of too little too late for me.
0: You know what, so there's two points I have to make. One, I agree with everything you just said, Tyler, that was kind of going to be... My point, and I think I said it during the the show, and and I'm Owen's quoting me here. I'm not. You're not allowed to forget your history like that. You had a first and second season. You wrote a third season. It was way better. I'm not going to deny that. But you're not allowed to just forget things that happened in the first two seasons. Like we're not stupid. Like really, that's what it felt like. It felt like you were telling me you're done. Now I take it too. Obviously, I'm taking this way too personally, and seriously. But that's you? because I'm a Star Trek. Well no. let, let, because I'm a Star Trek fan. And Star Trek fans are smart. And Star Trek is smart. And this was stupid. This show's dumb. Star Trek Picard is dumb. Like I've moved beyond complacency into just acceptance that like sometimes things are dumb. My cat runs into a wall. That's that's dumb. That's not like a smart thing to do. Picard season three is as dumb as seasons one and two. It's just slightly a little bit better because they yes, fixed some of the mistakes. But the second point that I want to make is what makes me a little angry about it was something you said, Tyler, when we reviewed the first season of Picard. Do you remember the episode where they finally go to the planet and we get the pizza and they sit around the table with Troy and Riker and Picard and they kind of have like a discussion as to what's yeah. going on? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was like really one of the best episodes in the first season.
0: And you said something that always stuck with me while I was watching season three. You said, so they're capable of doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're capable that's... of writing a good episode, is what we've learned. They just don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep, yep. And that's what, that's what season three made, what I think made me disappointed. And yes, browbeaten is a good way to say it. Like, I'm just like, I'm so sick of this because clearly you could have just done this from the beginning. So what yep. was the first two seasons about? And two seasons of television is like, what, three, sometimes four years in production. So three mm-hmm. or four years they've been thinking this way. And then they finally changed. It took them too long. That is yep. not the act of someone who is intelligent. Intelligent people make changes on route as they're going. They're constantly changing. They don't do the same action time and time again, expecting the same results.
1: Yeah, like, I feel like if you had taken season three, like, all of the everything that was shoved into season three and actually split it into multiple seasons, maybe Mm -hmm. one on the changelings, maybe it was like, and then tie it all together at the end with something about the Borg, like, imagine that spread out over three seasons would have been much better, you could have had more time with these, like, new and interesting characters, as opposed to effectively having to do a complete, like, erasure of everything you did before so that we can reset the table for season three and say, okay, in these 10 episodes, we're going to give you everything you wish the last two seasons had been. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, kudos to them that they did a great job in the way that a lot of people are... I've seen a lot of responses online. They're saying, effectively, they did hand them their childhood again, which is apparently all we want nowadays, and that's fine. <laughs> but it just didn't work for me.
0: <laughs> yes. And I think... I think at the end of the day, they... They could have done exactly what you said, and that would have made a better show. A mm-hmm. season three spread out amongst three seasons where the where that Borg reveal is like a simple example would have been better. That's yeah. a si- simple example, of something that would have been better. When Troy finally went into Jack Crush's mind and reveals the Borg, that wasn't even I, I had nobody action. I'm like, well, of course, it's the Borg again. The only thing I had reaction to was her saying the Borg haven't been heard of from in ten years. I'm like, didn't we just fight them last year? Like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? The whole season last year was over the four.
1: <laughs> are you telling me there's been 10 years between season two and season three? Because yeah. like, it's like Picard looked like he was on his last legs yeah. like, a, like a year ago, much less if you're telling me it was 10. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely not 10 years. Um, next one um, comes from uh, Cassandra. So Cassandra uh, writes and says, "I'm I'm really disappointed to hear that you guys will never talk about the new Star Trek shows ever. I just feel that as Star Trek fans, you need to be supporting the the stuff that they're doing. I know it doesn't sound like your cup of tea, but Strange New Worlds does get really good, and I'm looking forward to the second season, and I know that they're planning on at least trying to have a third one. It gets really good near the end of the season. You guys should really try to check it out. Has Tyler watched Strange New Worlds yet?
1: Oh, it's happening again. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's like it was it was effectively like today I a... saw I saw a still frame today of something from Strange New Worlds. Apparently they're doing a crossover with lower decks. And I'm like how? But how? how like And so I looked at it. I'm like, I could see live action versions of the characters from Lower Decks. And I'm like, strangely enough, that's not even the thing I have a problem with. Lower Decks takes place after the events of the next generation. What is, like, isn't strange? New-? And, so, and just sitting there staring at this for a good long time and had to pull myself up. I'm like, no, it's okay. I don't have to worry about this, right? I don't have to worry about this anymore. But maybe I will. Maybe I will. So maybe you can't, you can't predict wait, the future.
0: So they're going to be live action versions of those characters? Apparently, yeah. So probably time travel. Like, I mean, it's Star Trek. So like I'm more, hey, I'm more easy with Star Trek to believe that like, oh, a show from two different standpoints can come together because it's a time travel. I'm just wondering. So, okay, they're just going to get rid of the cartoon and say, okay, these are live action versions that are here for whatever reason.
1: Apparently yes, the, the, but how? This, that was okay. the, This is this is a it's like uh, this is like a, a random Facebook post, a single still frame. Okay. Which, as, I don't want to be standing too like um, intently on this to say like this is definitely what's happening, but there definitely is an image out there, and I'm kind of sitting there going, I, I was. It's strange to me that these are the two that you would cross over, but okay.
0: Well, it's all they have left. Um,
1: yeah. Is discovery finished?
0: Uh oh. I forgot about discovery <laughs> <laughs> yeah as far as i'm concerned it absolutely is finished um <laughs> i <laughs> i i honestly forgot about discovery i'm not even being i'm not even lying i i literally just forgot about it um i don't know if there's going to be another season i don't even know what season they had
1: no. i don't even know
0: what season they're on like i have no i have no sense of discovery um i guess I guess the other question I have is in a cartoon, Mm -hmm. your your characters don't behave like human beings, especially in that one. Like, as I said, my criticism about that show was it's it's a little bit like fast talking all over the place, too close to sort of Rick and Morty stuff for my taste. Mm -hmm. So they don't really act like human beings. So how are you going to have live action versions of it? Like, are they going to knowing new Trek? They just won't dull it down at all. And they'll just behave like cartoons. Which is sort be. of Star Trek's problem right now is they don't have characters or people or human beings; they're all just caricatures of teenagers. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm curious about that. That does make me curious, but I, I I have a lot of questions on a more negative side. Like it doesn't make me excited; <laughs> it just makes like, me sad that I'm going to have to watch this.
1: <laughs> like like I am admittedly interested in Strange New Worlds, so I am going to give it a shot. Is like um, but is like I think. To this, as to, to the listeners, I would say that you you must at this point know the glacial pace by which I move through TV. As I am still working on working my way through Enterprise, which came out I just like twenty it. years ago. <laughs> so. yeah, I can't believe you're
0: still not done Enterprise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just it just it takes me a long time for to move through TV. That's why I like movies. You do it's a one and done sort of deal. But um, you know I it's I will get to Strange New Worlds, but I wouldn't hold my breath for it unless there's something of like immense like something immense that happens if this Lower Decks crossover happens to be just like somehow fantastic is like because I do I I am invested in Lower Decks then maybe that'll be the thing that draws me in
0: yeah I I gotta give Lower Decks another shot here Um, because at least at least in terms of Star Trek your taste does align with mine a little bit more than your movie um tastes too so i i gotta yeah. give lower decks another shot here um but i just haven't gotten around to it
1: yeah you know what i sometimes i think that we need like a third point in this trifecta like a mccoy to our spock and kirk if you will who comes in just gunning for new trek with like a real intensity because I, I i don't talk to a lot of people who like new Trek, so i don't really know what yeah, they either. see in it and yeah. I, I, I i do feel like that would be an interesting perspective to get in on this because it, it is very easy in this in this bubble to just kind of write it all off yeah. um, so I, I appreciate the question saying like is that wise and maybe wise as a holistic academic endeavor no but wise as a self-help like a taking care of myself methodology i think it might be the best call for me at the moment
0: <laughs> more on that later um, okay <laughs> <laughs> next question here um comes from peter Uh, And Peter says, I really appreciate the way you guys looked uh, at Star Trek Picard. I agree with a lot of your points, though I will have to say I did enjoy the third season a lot more uh, than you guys did. I do agree with a lot of your points about the first and second season. Having watched both them all the way through, I wasn't really looking forward to the third season, but I did really want to see all these characters back again and the actors playing them um, that I loved from my childhood. One question I did have for you is just a little bit more around uh, Seven of Nine. Do you see a future there for Jerry Ryan to continue to return for the character, do you think that that's worthwhile for both of you? I feel like she is one of the characters that they did do a pretty good job with, and the actor is still young enough that she can absolutely handle her own on screen. Um, it, I mean, I think she's clearly coming back. Mm-hmm. Because they, they've set up some sort of... They must be doing a show or so. They set up an like the ability to go with her. Um, yes. I... Uh, her character development through three seasons was just identical. So, yes, the one character thing they did with her three times, yes, is fine. And I like that she's no longer a. What were they? The Fenris scoundrel? Rangers? Oh that's a scoundrel uh, he's a ranger. That's, a, that's a that's a star wars snake Sorry. In there. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true <laughs> i i am i am finally watching andor so i'm getting a lot of <laughs> st- i've heard great things about that show i must say
1: which makes me real sad that we can't have a star trek show with as much um as like clout as andor has been getting yeah
0: andor i i hadn't watched it and all i heard from people was like how could you have watched all the other Star Wars shows and not this one. Like, this is the best by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have finally started it. Uh, and it's pretty good. I gotta say, like, I'm I'm pretty into it. Like, And apparently it starts off slow and gets really better. I'm only a few episodes in. So I'm already like, oh, this is pretty good. And apparently it gets better. So I don't know where it's going to go from here. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think Jerry Ryan's great. And I think Seven's great. I think Seven was better in, in the 90s or the 2000s. They did they did more they tried to do more with her character than now it's the writing if the writing's good I absolutely would come back to to watch her do whatever is seven of nine sure but the writing has to be good yeah. or else I'm not interested
1: yeah, I would agree. It's like, um, I think it was easier back then because, you know, she was just recently extracted from is like the collective. So there was so much to unpack in terms of what her reintegration into like a society, into humanity would look like. Now that we're like this deep in, it is more of a like the malaise of what do I is like. So I, I did it. We did the big <laughs> thing that we were like, you know, it's one of those funny things that you you think like a TV show is going to be made about a character, the most interesting part of their life. And so she's like, you know, the interesting part of her life was probably Voyager. That was the most interesting thing that's probably going to happen to her. And then the rest of her life seems to be like, okay, the most interesting part of my life is done. Now what do I do? And we're making a TV show about that, which is interesting.
0: <laughs> I just you make that's the thing. What you're saying is exactly the problem with New Trek the most interesting things, especially with these characters have already happened in their life. And now you're just seeing like depressing the rest of life. And like, I have life to live. So I'm already going to experience this. I don't need to watch it in my entertainment, you know what I mean? Like I would yeah. rather something else. I don't know.
1: It does it does make you like kind of a if you turn inward a little bit and try to think, yeah. okay, is the most interesting part of my life already happened? And if so, what are they making a TV show about? Is it my days in grad school? Is it my childhood? What's going to be the or is it not happened yet? Is my um four camera sitcom still waiting for me over there around the horizon? We'll see. <laughs>
0: Um next question here comes from Haley. Um and Haley wants to know um so you're this is a this is a quick one. So you're telling me if there was a next generation or Star Trek Picard movie you guys wouldn't go see it.
1: I I'm not saying that. I wish I could say that with 100% conviction, but I can't really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wish I was a strong enough person to say Exactly. No.
1: It's like the the, the new Transformers movie is coming out at the end this summer. And I'm like, yeah. I wish I could I'm, say that I'm, if that thing gets like a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. I'm not going to go see it because of how much I loved Beast Wars when I was a kid. Yeah, um, me too. But I, I'm not strong enough to say that.
0: <laughs> no, no like, I, no, like I'm going. I'm, go- I'm going to see that stupid movie. Like I'm going because I love Beast Wars so much that like, I, again, I wish, I wish I wasn't part of this system that um, is feeding us stuff from our childhood being like yeah just eat this you'll you'll be happy yeah. and i'm like yeah all right i'll <laughs> give it to me because yeah, the world just... is terrible and this is exactly. a time where it was great <laughs> it was all wonderful um yeah uh, you that's that's a really good point so yeah uh honestly we're probably going to go
1: Yep, yeah, probably, probably. Um, and as like a little side tangent, The all those um, animated Barbie movies that you're going to be watching in the show yeah. at some point, uh, <laughs> they were all made by Mainframe, the same people that made Reboot and Beast Wars. So, really? Yeah, so Mainframe was a Canadian-based CGI like, yes. animation studio. They made yeah. Reboot, they made Beast Wars, and they made Shadow Raiders, otherwise known as War Planets. Oh, and Shadow then, Raiders
0: was amazing.
1: They were all fantastic shows. They kind of set a huge part of what I think of as good narrative is in yes. my life to the point that to this day, when there is like a portion in the mid show where suddenly everything changed and the status quo gets thrown out the window, I say, Oh, it's a mainframe moment. It's like that yeah. moment in beast wars where they turn trans metal or that moment in reboot yeah. where Bob gets jettisoned into the net. And all of that, it was like, I love that. I'm like, whatever happened to these people? I look and they spent the rest of their time making Barbie movies.
0: <laughs> yeah and that's that's really interesting. I had no idea. and yeah, like that moment in reboot when Bob gets shot into the web yeah. is just like it's it, completely shocking. It changed the like the show ran for for two seasons in with one complete way of going like this is what the show yeah. is. It's really episodic essentially. yeah. and then it became like, nope, it's now a drama. A horror drama at times like it's (laughs) it's just and you're a child and that's the thing like shows had so much more courage to just try things and take risks Mm -hmm. um i read some quote recently about like if you if you never take a risk like you just you're never going to to exceed beyond just the status quo so Mm -hmm. taking taking a risk on something like that you could have lost your like these are children Yep. watching the hero of the show essentially being shot to his death like you don't know yeah. but but essentially you're told no one can survive this thing like that's what you've been told for episodes leading up to it yeah. um and it was already weird if i remember because there's like three or four episodes because they did like a, every episode kind of like parody a tv show at mm. times and they did like the x-files one 'Cause they had yeah. the two people who were like Mulder and Scully. This is like <laughs> episodes earlier to like find they was, oh, it was oh it's this creature from the web all along. Like and anyway, you're you're as a kid, you're like, oh, this is like fun. This is different. Yeah. And then that happens. And you're like, what? <laughs>
1: And then there's, like, a time gap where, like, all your characters grow up and they're all battle-worn and, like, sad. And And I remember, like... Enzo doesn't have an eye.
0: Enzo's eye gets cut
1: (laughs) And it was, like, the TV shows back in the day on cable. So you weren't just, like, watching this, like, from episode one to episode 100. Like, you were watching it sporadically. So, like, I remember being, like, younger and at one point seeing an episode of Reboot. Like, and I was, like, why does everyone look different? And they're all so sad. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) And uh, do, do you do you remember in, in Beast Wars the moment where um uh oh the uh Tigatron mm-hmm. and uh, Air Razor oh, Air Razor where they, they're, they they're, yeah they're, oh, they're like loving relationship followed by death
1: yep. <laughs> they're, yeah they're, yeah that was oh. yeah there was a lot of characters that died in is like, in Beast Wars some of them like pe- like while they're quoting Shakespeare you're like what is happening in this show for children.
0: Yes, very dark, like very dark. And uh, yeah, and that's, I can't believe they've made these Barbies movies. That blows my mind. I didn't even know that. Uh, that, Does that mean they'll be good though? Is like, are you telling me these Barbie movies, I should be looking
1: forward to them? You you, you know, I don't know, but I will watch them along (laughs) with you folks because I've been (laughs) curious for years to see. All right.
0: Okay. That's, that sounds good. I don't know wh- how we got on this topic. Um, uh, because um, someone what, asked us
1: we, if we'd go see that Picard movie. And, and the answer oh, like is yes, we, we, we will on. probably go see it. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Okay. Uh, We've got a couple of quick, quick ones to get he- through here. Um, okay. Uh, next one here um, comes from uh, Aline. Uh, and Aline says, uh, one of the things that I found interesting about looking at your Star Trek book card review from the first episode that you did for season three and this most recent one was how much your tone seemed to change (laughs) your first one did seem to be filled with optimism um, and bright and happy and interesting kind of like old trek and then your last one just seemed complacent and sad sort of like how i feel about new trek i really do agree with both of you about a lot of the points that you were making i didn't really enjoy this season at all
1: it's a mainframe episode. We, we went from happy yeah. and episodic and pokeful and then all sad and different.
0: If you, yeah. If you just what, listen to those back to back, they're very different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that must've been a strange time for people. And I apologize for
0: that. Well, what can we do? Uh, last question here um, um, comes from uh, K just K uh kay says um i'm really interested to see where star trek goes from here though i've heard a lot of their plans for a show called star trek legacy and a couple other shows that they might be trying to develop if alex kurtzman stays away from the series would you two ever consider coming back <laughs> again same answer i guess as the movie I- yeah yeah i feel like
1: alex kurtzman is like olives on pizza you can take them off the pizza but that olive flavor is going to stick around for a long time. We just, we need a completely new pizza.
0: (laughs) You don't, you don't like olives on pizza?
1: No, no, I I don't, I don't care for vinegar a whole lot. And that's a, that's a, that's a a me problem. And I'm willing to accept that.
0: (laughs) There are foods I won't eat, but if you throw it on a pizza, I'll eat it. Mm. Which doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Everything's better on a pizza. Yeah. yeah, everything's better on pizza. So there's nothing, there's nothing food-wise I've ever had on a pizza that I haven't liked. So yeah, I'm, I'm you okay. You
1: see, that's that's it. what they were doing wrong with new Star Trek. They didn't put it on a pizza.
0: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: that one episode that you liked from Star Trek is like Picard season one featured pizza. So there you go.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's the, that's the one that we got. Um, but thank you to everybody for, for all your questions. We're, we're glad that you at least responded to that episode somewhat. Um, and it wasn't a complete void of nothingness which is nice. Um but yeah. we're back. We're back to high energy. We love our Star <laughs> Trek. And today we're like the, the last 30 minutes here we're just going to like you know fall in love with Star Trek all over again because we're Perfect. talking big screen moments. Uh Tyler, your idea. So you tell me where you want to start here.
1: Well, I was kind of trying to think about why are the reasons that I actually go to a movie to like to a theater in the first place, especially for one that I've already seen before, because that is like a strong impetus of, of mine. I always am thinking about it'd be great to see that movie in theaters. And, I'm like, and why? What are these movies that I say that for? And why do I, as I think that? And so I have a list of four different reasons that I go to the theater and a moment that or a scene from a uh, Star Trek movie that I think really encompasses that feeling. So, is it if you'll humor me, that was kind of what how I would thought that we could go about this.
0: Let's do it. We'll go through your four moments, and I can def. I'm sure I can fit my thoughts into what you've got there. So, let's do it. Why don't you give us moment number one or moment number four? Are you counting down? Is this a top four or is this just four?
1: These are just four. These are like okay. uh, this is one of those lists that are like basically each each entry is more of like an idea, and then I'm providing an example in that idea, um, because I don't like to do with anything normal, uh, as you've probably encountered throughout our time doing this together.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor and I
1: have that in common when it comes yes. to her ratings.
0: <laughs> Definitely, a hundred percent.
1: <laughs> um, so the first kind of concept that I had was this idea of like immersion and how immersion in, in like films is really made better by the theater experience because of the sensory deprivation. You don't have that phone in front of you. You don't have the cat running into walls behind you. You just have darkness and a huge screen and really loud, like a uh, sound. Right. And, and I, when I thought of that, I thought like Star Trek, the motion picture pretty much from beginning to end would be better on a big screen because it's all slow scenes of grandeur that um, are meant to be awed at. And it's much easier to awe at this slow moving movie when you don't have the fast paced world around you trying to get your attention from it. Um, and so I could pick almost any scene from the star Trek, the motion picture and it would work. But strangely enough, I think I'd actually pick the very beginning of the movie, which is the overture that goes into the opening credits. Mm. Um i just like jerry goldsmith is an amazing score as a score composer he made yes. this great music that is like for the uh, like ilia decker love scene that's the the overture which is great and then there's a break for the paramount logo and then we go right into what is now known as like pretty much the star Trek song like it is our mm-hmm. fanfare for star trek the first time it ever showed up so I'm, i always think that I, so many times I'm thinking back to when people would have seen a movie that I love for the first time in theater and I'm like, I wish I could do that. But This is one time where I think I've got the better of them because they would have in theater been listening to this movie going, it's pretty good. It's good music. This is nice. As opposed to me, it's got like decades worth of emotion and legacy built into it. So when that starts in and they have like Star Trek, the motion picture as they hit the fanfare, I'm like, this is like this is peak cinema right here. (laughs) We're experiencing it right now. And I would love to see that on the big screen.
0: And having Star Trek, you have to remember having Star Trek been gone for a time. Yeah. So going to the movie theaters for the first time to see this in particular, I don't know. Like I, it's hard to imagine what that that would be like. Like I think our only kind of return to that would be going to see like JJ Abrams, Mm -hmm. for a star trek movie for the first time like that would be my only comparison because star trek had been gone for so long even the name star trek had been gone from from people's minds for so long yeah that that was kind of our first sort of return to it
1: oh 100 and do you have a do you remember going to see the jj abrams movie for the the first time because i definitely remember that that night it's a it's a great memory
0: yeah oh i i remember i mean 2000 i i think i saw it a couple of times, but the memory I have in 2009 was taking friends to see it. Yeah, I did the
1: same thing, actually. Yeah,
0: who had never, had not really been Star Trek fans necessarily. It's just like friends I have. Like at 2009, I'm in, you know, I'm at university. So it's a couple friends that I had for a long time and then like other people that I just like knew from school and almost all of them either never really knew Star Trek or saw episodes here and there but they had no they were going just because I was like hey I'm I'm buying tickets for everyone to go see this movie you want to come they're like yeah cool night out like whatever <laughs> and that's really my memory is like the everyone bringing a huge group of people who aren't really Star Trek fans to this movie knowing that it's important to me them sitting through it and then afterwards finding out that everyone enjoyed themselves yeah everyone was like oh that was like that was a lot of fun. Like that was cool. Yeah. Like, it was like the fun action movie. Like this is, this is neat. Um, and that, that will be something I'll always remember because uh, I remember people talking beforehand and every people were just like, Oh, like if you watched that like, everyone was like, no, I, I like, I never really watched it. I don't really know anything. Like I know Mike likes it. <laughs> that's <a> bad, that's <laughs> about all, like, that's all I know. I'm just here to watch this movie. Like I don't know anything. And they were laughing. They were enjoying themselves. Like it was, it was a good experience for everybody
1: yeah definitely like that was the same thing for me like before we went into the theater a friend of mine held up the Vulcan salute and said may the force be with you and I was like oh no (laughs) I brought these people to this thing and they don't know anything and I'm and if they're gonna hate it I'm gonna feel so bad
0: (laughs) and you never spoke to that friend again (laughs) she knows who
1: she is
0: (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's always like for as a big Star Trek fan and a big movie goer and Definitely for me, like I, I used to, I, I used to invite friends to go see movies all the time to do big group movies. So it always made me like feel good to see friends going to things just because I wanted to. Um, but Star Trek had this like special feeling for me. So yep. going to see it in two thousand and nine, I feel like that's the closest I'll ever feel to what the people who saw the motion picture felt, where hmm. you're going to see something that you love that's been off for so long, and I know that people kind of are here and there on the motion picture but i personally think on rewatches that movies even better yep. and i again as i said like i have a memory of seeing the motion picture in theaters i don't know the context i don't like i don't even know if this is real but i think it's real of the wormhole scene happening and being in a movie theater for that, and it is immersive like yep. the color fills the 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 theater in a way that movies don't always do now
1: yeah Oh it would be great and it's funny cuz like the DVD copy that I have of the motion picture is different than the VHS copy I used to watch all the time when I was a kid and they changed the red alert sound in that it plays throughout the wormhole scene in my DVD copy, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Every time Why I do it, I get it? so. I don't know. I like they they updated a lot of things for it. It was like the director's cut, so they added new scenes in. They redid some of the, the visual effects was like mm. um, and it actually looks really good. Like I must admit, mm. it's a very good like version of the movie. But they just did this one thing. They changed from this really intense sound to this little high pitched squeak, and I'm like, you're ruining this scene. And I wish if if I see it on a big screen and that sound shows up from the dvd copy i'll have i'll walk out of the
0: theater yeah this is ridiculous definitely i i think that changing things like that that's absolutely ridiculous
1: Ridiculous. no there's no reason there's no need for this
0: (laughs) no none at all
1: why um so another thing that i always think about about like why do i go see movies in big screen is one of them is this is a maybe just a me thing is i love seeing horror movies on on the big screen Mm -hmm. Um, because they are like much more immersive. It feels like you can't escape. And uh, it's like just a really all encompassing visceral feeling to be really scared while watching a horror movie in the big screen. And surprisingly enough, Star Trek actually has a lot of very scary and horror based scenes in it. So like pretty much, I would say at least 70% of first contact is
0: like a horror movie. (laughs) A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I can tell you one thing quickly about that. First yeah. contact. So I, I, my memory is so terrible, but I don't have a lot of childhood memories that I can like really remember. And not because of anything bad, just because that's just the way I can't even tell you days at university. Like it's so <laughs> random that what I remember, but I remember being young. Cause like, I think that movie came out in like 90, what? Five, six, seven. I can't remember Maybe in 96. It, yeah, 90s, it was in late eight, late 90s, I think. 90s. So I'm, you know, I'm not in high school yet. I'm in elementary school. And I remember, I can vividly remember seeing First Contact for the first time in a movie theater during its opening week with, like, my family. At least my parents were there. And being scared. Like, yeah. being terrified where certain scenes I didn't want to watch. Like, covering your, you know, covering your hands over your face mm-hmm. because you're just, like, scared. And yep. because it's space zombies and the way they did it was so well, like so well done. It felt like a, like a real movie. Mm-hmm. Even, even when I was younger, like I could feel the difference between this and generations yeah. where I felt like I'm going to see something that's like a level above what I've seen before.
1: Yeah. Well, definitely when I saw this, I like I remember the first time seeing first contact, it wasn't in the theater. My dad rented it from the library and brought it back home and we watched it together. Um, but like he had watched The Next Generation, but I had never really watched The Next Generation at that point because I didn't get into that until much later. And so the only things I had seen of, T- of TNG before that was the episode Yesterday's Enterprise, and um, that mm. was it. It's like, uh, and, um, and then I watched this movie, and I'm like, this is very different than what I thought this was. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is like an action horror movie thing. What did Star Trek become this? Little did I know what it would become as we went along. But...
0: Yeah, little did you know. And that's interesting that you saw it for the first time on the smaller screen because yeah. I do think one of the reasons why I elevate this movie to, to near the top for me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and another movie that I'm sure we'll talk about later that, that are near the top of the best Star Trek movies, is because of my experience seeing them yeah. on the big screen. Like I felt like th- this is the type of film that being on a big screen really benefits it for, for yeah. the scale and for the thing. because. You know, again, it's Star Trek. It's a hero-based show. You, you know, always in the back of the mind, you know your heroes are going to get out of this. But there were times in this movie, it seemed like honestly futile. It seemed like absolutely like how are you going to stop the Borg? Like how are you seriously going to do this? Like the the they're absolutely unstoppable. And I I love that. I love where it's like okay, it's it's high risks. But, but believable situations for the world you've created and you put our characters in the situation where there's almost a race against the clock kind of mm-hmm. feeling to it. Yeah. And this movie, I will always remember my my big screen moment of seeing First Contact and that feeling of, the, it's, that horror movie feeling, which I I would say that Star Trek, that some of the early Star Trek movies had glimpses of that as well. I mean, 100%. there are... There are scenes in Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock that get pretty close in yeah. terms of horror, in terms of that suspense, in terms of using the lighting and the sound and everything to make you a little uncomfortable.
1: Well, and and the scene that scared me as a kid for forever and for always, and the scene that I actually now, because I'm broken apparently, really want to see on the big screen is the earworm scene from oh. Wrath of Khan.
0: Oh, yes. Because...
1: Like, as a kid, I didn't watch Rathacon a whole lot because of that scene. Like, I avoided that movie almost entirely because I, that scene scared me so much. Now that I'm older and I look at it, it still scares me. But I can just really appreciate the craft of how good this looks. Like, despite the age, despite the low budget, despite everything, just the filmmaking style that they're choosing, they're able to take these what are clearly just, like, small little, like, puppet things and show us just enough... And in just the right like, angles to be able to make it terrifying, uh, as well mm. as, you know, it's great as like, you know, a giant Walter Koenig uh, ear. I yes. want to see it on the biggest screen possible. So
0: and, and that's the thing, like it has such a body horror feel to it. Yeah. And it's done so well also because like, listen, the time of these movies, when, when movies are being made in, in the late 70s into the 80s, there was a certain feel and look that movies had. That people can't really recreate today. No, like there's just no. something about it, and part of it is the low qual- lower quality of equipment. Um, but it really works for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like it really adds to the feeling of it. And I know, like I can see the scene in my head. I've seen it on the big screen. I knew this is one of the Star Trek movies I'm definitive. I know I saw it on the big screen. Yeah, because they were classics. Um, and everything from from the minute they find the Botany Bay. Yep. And the door opens and everyone walks in, and Khan slowly undrapes all his stuff and reveals it's Khan. That moment forward, it's it's intensity and oh, yeah. tense. And you feel it, and you know that that, see, that ear, earworm thing is coming, and there's nothing you can do to avoid it.
1: No. And that's like the really worst part about it, right? It's almost worse when you, like, it was bad when you didn't know what was going to happen because, like, the tension is building and building, and they already had this kind of like Chekhov's moving sand at the beginning where you look at you're like okay that moving sand is going to be something that's not good Mm -hmm. but then Mm -hmm. when you know what it is yeah you spend the entire scene with your like hands like kind of around your ears going oh it's coming
0: (laughs) yeah it's coming now yeah even if you anticipate it it's one of those scenes that because the movie's so good it doesn't bore you it's something you're thinking oh boy here we go like it's (laughs) that intense and it sticks with you and again that's really solid filmmaking. Like you got to credit the filmmakers for making something as iconic as that.
1: Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's definitely something that I would love to see on the big screen is that scary moment. Um, but on the complete opposite side, the other really fun reason to go into the theater is like, is to actually see comedies because I really love being in a theater where everyone is laughing. Like the, like I think the, the best comedies that I've ever seen in my life are probably no better than other many other comedies that i've seen but i saw them in the big screen and i saw them with an audience that was into it and we were all laughing at the same thing and that feeling of kind of laughter really like builds and builds so that you all are just kind of on the same wavelength mm-hmm. and just like how star trek has a bunch of scary stuff it surprisingly also has a lot of comedy a lot of lighthearted stuff sometimes in the same movie sometimes in the same scenes um and you know i could i could talk about all the different potential examples but the the movie that i still think is the funniest is probably the voyage home um it's just it's pretty much like an 80s sitcom in a star trek movie <laughs> yeah
0: voyage home <laughs> voyage home definitely and again i i vividly have a memory of seeing this in the theaters and i just i can't believe that in your time you've never come across like people showing the classic trill the flicks at, at a movie theater because like I just think you would be the one who'd be seeking this kind of thing out.
1: Yeah, like, admittedly, my love of movies is, like, um really kind of took off in, like, the, in, like, my grad school days. Like, as in, like, before that, my taste in movies was pretty mundane. I do remember like it's like advocating as a teenager that the first Transformers by Michael Bay deserved an Oscar. Like this is kind of where we were at at one point. Um, So I wasn't really thinking much about like the difference between small screen and big screen. I had my Star Trek and I had my DVDs and that was fine. It's only really recently that I've actually started to more appreciate that and my, and the quote unquote Tyler Vance movie was born and all of Mm. the other cinephilia stuff that came with it. Yeah. Um, So I'd never have managed to see the voyage home in theaters and which is a real shame because that sequence where Kirk and Spock are being driven back to the park by the biology like, biologist <laughs> and she asks, do you boys like Italian? And he's like, no, yes, yes, no, yeah, yes, yes no, yes, yes. I love Italian. And so do you. Yes. <laughs> and that scene, I think, is the funniest. Like it is, I, I was watching it r- quite recently with a friend who had never seen Star Trek before. And it was just so gratifying to hear like the belly laugh that came out mm-hmm. of him when he got that thing. And I would love to experience that with a with a large group of people.
0: You know what the biggest laugh I can still remember, though, was it wasn't even that. I mean, that's got a lot of big laughs. But the yeah. biggest laugh was when uh, they're at the aquarium mm-hmm. and. Kirk is still focusing on like getting the thing, and you they just see Spock swimming in the background, going towards the whale. That got such a massive because you've got like Kirk's face. He's just like mortified, and then when the woman is like that maybe they're singing to that man <laughs> everyone just
1: like completely lost it <laughs> and oh william shatner's response to that too is he's like yeah he's like obviously fretting and he's got his hand over his mouth and trying to figure out and then the woman says that and he just like looks at her really quickly like yes snitch don't you?" <laughs> yeah yeah was well, he like you had
0: to say something like <laughs> yeah so that that was definitely the biggest laugh and i yeah i i agree i mean you're I, I like that your second and third reasons, your second and third points are really the opposite of each other mm-hmm. um, because it does show you that the, I think the best franchises that stand the test of time are able to give you those things. Yeah. They can give you a, two dr- dramatic movies in a row and follow it up with a comedy, which mm-hmm. is exactly what they did to kind of like end this sort of mini trilogy that exists within the Star Trek movies Yeah. where you go from Wrath of Khan to Search for Spock and the Voyage Home. It's really that those three as together is, is yeah. a little trilogy. Like mm-hmm. you can, you can pretty much get a, a story from beginning to end in those three, in those three films. And I think the fact that they were able to end off with a comedy again is something you need to give props to these franchises for being able to do that.
1: Oh, hundred percent. And it's funny because even within the dra- dramatic movies, like even within Search for Spock or something like that, there's the moments of them like escaping space dock and like mm-hmm. curse going to Scotty. And now, Mr. Scott, yeah. the doors, open the doors. I'm yeah, working on it. <laughs> and it's like and then, like these like great little moments of like hiccups in like what is like in like an otherwise dramatic heist or something like that. I think Star Trek has so much breadth to it in terms of what it actually has in these movies you'd hope so there's 13 movies you'd hope you'd be able to get just like some diversity and I think there's many different reasons to go see it on a big screen not just big like bombastic things but also scary things funny things yeah. sad things all these sort of emotions that can play out really well in a big screen
0: and even in Wrath of Khan the scene where Khan wants them to, trans- to send over all the information they have on Genesis and they're trying to stall yeah and Kurt has to put his glasses, glasses on, on just to read the thing because he's, he's getting so old. He's like, Yeah, he puts the glass on trying to figure it out. Like, all those little moments. Yeah. Or this the no, year's job.
1: One of the best Kirk McCoy interactions of where are we going? Where they went. When the, the transporter supposed they meant they went nowhere. Then this would be your big chance to get away from it all. Like the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that's
0: all. Yeah, that's always very good. Yeah, the banter between the very witty very good i like that one and i think the joy comes out like you, you want it hey i love drama i'm all for horror sometimes you want to go to a movie and have a fun joyous movie going experience and without a doubt voyage home is that of all the star trek films yeah. i think voyage home you can put right to the top where non-star trek fans alike will find it funny and it's an amazing night out at the theater
1: yeah completely agree um and it's like, and so as I said, I've walked our, our, us through all these different kind of emotions you can feel. But I think the main reason that most people would assume you want to go to see a Star Trek movie mm-hmm. um, or any sort of big like sci fi movie is for the spectacle, for like yes. the the huge moments, the big things, and like I could fill an entire list with just Star Trek huge moments that you are like, I want to see the moment that the enterprise D crashes onto like the saucer section crashes down onto the planet in generations. I want to see, I don't know. The big is like climactic battles at the end of uh, nemesis and insurrection. Maybe it'll make them better. Who knows? No.
0: Um, <laughs> I saw those in theater and I'm telling you, no, can't confirm,
1: can't confirm, not not good. But then it's like, when I saw the undiscovered country, um, there is my, one of my favorite scenes in all of star Trek in the movies is the sequence where they, um, where the Enterprise seemingly fires on the Kronos One? Yes, um, is like, and it's what I love about that scene is that it goes from zero to hundred in like seconds. It's like at one point they're complaining about being hungover, and then the next second there's this torpedo launch. And everyone just stares dumbstruck for a second. It's like, what just happened? I think we just fired on that ship. And then all chaos explodes. And that moment of chaos explosion, you can feel the the room shift around you in a theater where everyone just suddenly like leans forward and kicks into high gear. It was Mm -hmm. fantastic. Um, And so I tried to start thinking about scenes like that. Like where is a good scene where you can feel that rampant tension And I think if I'm going to be true to myself and I really should be true to myself because this is my list. I really need to say that the destruction of the USS enterprise and search for Spock is like the scene I want to see in a movie theater is like search for Spock was my, one of my favorites when I was a kid and it was mostly because I just loved watching this thing that I've known for forever actually happen. The self-destruct thing that we've always talked about and never done. And to see it actually happen in this, tension soaked spectacle where you build to it slowly and surely and James Horner's scores going in intense you know like Christopher Lloyd is screaming for them to get out and then mm-hmm. all of the music drops away and all you get is the sound of the explosion and there's like yeah. that amazing scene of the USS Enterprise paint on the outside of the hall melting away as you like go through and then the explosion it was just it's such an amazing is like a way to show that and I want to see it on a big screen so badly.
0: It's um it's great on a big screen. Um again, you know, Wrath of Khan, the cat and mouse game in the nebula mm-hmm. is fantastic on a big screen. Oh, the yeah. destruction of Enterprise D in Generations, mm-hmm. actually everything with the Nexus and yeah. the the all that is fantastic. When it comes to the the big screen, like I saw Generations on the big screen, and I think I liked it a lot more because I saw it on a big screen first. Yeah, like I was there, and I remember it opening and 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 going to see it. And I think you're you, the, that spectacle you're talking about that exists in so many of these films. And it's it's really nice that you got to see like one of your favorite um or your, your favorite Star Trek movie on the big screen because I think I think that one has a lot of spectacle and big moments because they knew it was going to be the last. Yeah. And they knew that they they were going to do a lot of stuff. With that. A lot of humor in that, that one too, but still. Oh, yeah. It was very, you know, I think that's great that you got to see that. But now I want you to see those moments because Search for Spock is fantastic Yeah. Um, on, on the big screen. They all are. I mean, they, they really are. Like, honestly, other than Star Trek V, I... Which I just—I literally can't even remember if I've even remotely seen it on screen. I can remember watching it, but no, <laughs> I the screen, so I don't I can't know.
1: even know. I don't even know it was on a screen. It might have just been on a. <laughs> it might have been projected onto a white yeah, canvas
0: somewhere. I have no idea, what, but I've seen it. I just don't know why. Um, but the the rest of it, like I I just got to say, the way you're you're describing it, it makes makes me want to buy a movie theater and throw up some some classic Star Trek because that. I think that is something all Star Trek fans should see, because especially those big ship moments that you really get to to feel it mm-hmm. in, in the movie theater, especially with sound, with lighting, with everything they're showing you, you really, really get to, to feel the destruction when ships, um, you know, get destroyed, when they crash, when, when what have you, um, which they can't. That's the one thing they haven't really been able to recreate in the J.J. Abrams movies, just because. <laughs> They're doing it too often. Like every, ev- there's too much space battles, too many explosions. E- every ship gets crippled every yeah. single time. Yeah. Um, the, the Enterprise has
1: pretty much know. never been able to come out of fight in, in a J.J. Amers movie and not be either on the verge of destroyed or completely destroyed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Which takes, like, I, I like Star Trek Beyond and I like. Uh, how they separated the crew and had little groups and then come back together like it felt very Star trek but they didn't, you know, I, I don't think they hit the emotional points they wanted to for me with the ship. Hmm. Um, though, however, some people I saw it with who had only seen the JJ movie, movies did react to that. Yeah. They're like, oh no, the ship. Yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's like it's, okay all right you're new
1: <laughs> it's you're new it's, like, it's it's kind of like you know there are certain like in things in franchises that is like an iconic thing that is just going to happen over and over again like going back to it in transformers optimus prime is always going to die like he's always going to die and then be resurrected it happens in every versions of transformers that's ever happened whether it's by michael bay or mainframe or the original animated stuff it's always going to happen similarly the enterprise always needs to get destroyed at some point and they're going to build a new one and they're going to put stick a, a letter on the end of it. And they're going to, is again, it's going to be like a, a return home sort of thing, but that's just something that's going to happen. And I'm happy that those people that saw beyond and that was like the JJ Abrams was the only Star Trek. They saw they were able to have that same experience that I, I had did. when I was a kid yeah. watching it in search for Spock, because it's, it's a, a wonderful and crazy complicated feeling to see something like yeah.
0: that. Yeah, and it and that is you know the power that those movies had. Maybe you and I don't feel the same way, but the people we bring to the to the movies that discover Star Trek for the first time, that see the three Abrams movies, if they're getting the emotional connection, then great job, well done, right? Like it's doing what it's supposed to do.
1: Yeah, and it's like when it's you know it's one of those scenarios where like I had a friend talking to me about how he found like the Kirk Spock like the his like um interaction in Into Darkness on either side of the door to be really powerful, and I'm like. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm like I guess I can see why it would be powerful to you. It's like, but for me, it's like it's just going to always be that Wrath of Khan moment that just yeah. always like sticks in there. And um, so yeah, I'm happy that they can feel it too. It's like uh, it's like, and that's maybe the thing that I want New Star Trek to be able to do is be able to give those same feelings I had to a new generation. And I I, I that's why I need to talk to someone. I need to talk to someone who likes New Trek to see yeah. are you getting these same things that I'm talking about from new star trek um if so great
0: yeah i yeah i'd love to do that too hopefully we can find we can find someone that'll be that'll be a mission start searching start to search searches. for, for <laughs> new star trek fans <laughs> it
1: begins now
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lonely lonely search um tyler i could talk about star trek with you all day thank you for doing this uh i thought it was a great idea i think these are really great fun moments and i have to say i hope you get to experience these movie moments and stuff. I'm going right right
1: to keep an eye out. I, I really, I really want to see, especially that like original trilogy that exists in the center of it. I would love to see that on the big screen.
0: Absolutely. Um, as Taylor says, go see some movies.